Well, it'll just be you, me, and Nick. Spencer, you always get all the answers. It's time for the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRNR and TV 10. Let's mix it up with a breakdown of some local, regional, and national sports with Spencer Dupuy and Nick Verzellini. Good afternoon and welcome in to the May 5th, 2022 edition of the Sports Mix. Cinco de Mayo here in the Eastern Panhandle. Spencer Dupuy and Nick Verzellini today. Colin McLaughlin. Out on assignment, I guess you'd say, Nick, right? Yeah, he is. He's on an assignment to uh, get some shows done for a show that premiered on YouTube last week for us. We'll keep that under wraps, though, unless you're talking about food. I guess Cooking with Crusher is the name of the show. They're out there filming right now as we speak, but the show is sponsored in part by Brown Funeral Home and Cremations. Robert Fields and Sons, a family-owned full-service funeral home that has probably served our area since 1880. And uh, not a whole lot to talk about EPAC baseball-wise. Uh, one game went was underway last night uh, due to the field conditions. That was pushed back from a 7 p.m. start to, I believe, I saw the uh, game-changer notification around 7.45 for the start time between Jefferson and Hedgesville. Hedgesville had to get their field ready yesterday afternoon. Uh, we were going to do that game, but unfortunately due to staffing, we just couldn't be able to do it uh, and then be able to do tonight's game, which was originally on our schedule. Uh, but Hedgesville gets the 10-2 win last night. Um, Sam Wobnitz on the mound, or excuse me, at the plate for uh, Jefferson, went 3-for-3 three three with four RBIs. Sammy Roberts was on the mound, went six innings, allowing six hits, one run, one earned, three walks, and eight strikeouts on 108 pitches. Uh, great night for the uh, Cougars, as always. Sam Roberts also went 2-for-4 at the plate. Griffin Horowitz, 2-for-3 in RBI. Uh, Pavanel had, an R- had two RBIs on no hits there. Uh, but Jefferson just continuing to uh, dominate through the EPAC, Nick. Yeah, and, and Hedgesville's been struggling. They did get a good performance from Riley Bubb, who came back uh, from injury, went two for four at the plate. So that was good to see for the Eagles. Um, but, you know, I think that's pretty much what we would have expected between those two teams, especially with not one of Hedgesville's aces on the mound. You know, not the lotter, not Bubb when he's healthy, has been pretty good this year. So uh, a little bit of a injury team this year. Hedgesville's had some injuries here and there. And Jefferson's pretty healthy. They've been playing good baseball. They're coming off of, though, kind of a disappointing performance, I think, at Spring Mills where they only put up one run and leave nine guys on base. So to come back, put up 10 uh, against Hedgesville, win 10-2 to two and, and take care of business, um, even in a game that really doesn't mean much in terms of it's not going to affect where you stand in, in the standings you already won the epac it's not going to affect sectional rankings so from that perspective it doesn't mean much but we know these kids want to win these games uh the coaches want to win these games because it matters it and it it gives you that confidence that in sectional play you can do what uh you're expected of if you're hedgesville or i'm sorry if you're jefferson uh, and that's when it all but we'll have to see and uh definitely a good performance for the Cougars yeah definitely they're now 27 and 3 on the season they take on uh I don't know I'm very confused I guess they're playing a doubleheader today against two different teams I guess maybe due to the weather tomorrow they want to get both these games in 
Uh, and they're playing Mercersburg Academy set for 4.30 and then Smithsburg set for 6.30. Uh, that's according to their game changer. I believe Mercersburg Academy was originally set for Friday. Um, so I guess they're playing a doubleheader today, Nick. Trying to get both games in to get to the 32 games on the season that they're looking for. And uh, one of the reasons why they didn't end up playing that Saturday in Mingo Bay that final Saturday there because they already had 32 games on the schedule um, and they're now 27 and three so they could finish tonight 29 and three and uh, lead the pack obviously and wins by a wide margin uh, Hedgesville now 15 and 14 they're set to take on Frankfurt tonight and then set to finish the season tomorrow against Williamsport barring that game getting played uh, Spring Mills is in action tomorrow at Washington. Uh, let's look just look around the EPAC. Washington is, has a doubleheader tonight with Berkeley Springs, 3.30 and 5.45 there in Charlestown. Um, and the game we'll have for you is Martinsburg and Musselman, 7 p.m. for you, 6.40. Cody's auto body countdown to first pitch. It'll be an interesting matchup tonight. Obviously, the standings have already been determined uh, with Mar- in Section 1 with Martinsburg 1, Musselman 2, um, and Hedgesville 3 and Spring Mills 4. So it doesn't tonight's game doesn't necessarily count towards uh, – the rankings obviously but it counts towards your team you want to go into the sections on on a winning streak and uh you know an interesting pitching matchup tonight here uh for head for muscleman excuse me it will be um cohen rutherford and looking at his stats on the season uh let me pull up let me figure out this paper here uh he has a 5.73 era and two and one in three games or in five appearances, um, he has pitched 14 and two-thirds innings, 12 hits, 15 runs, 12 earned, 17 walks, 14 strikeouts. Uh, and then for Martinsburg, they're going with a, a combination here um, for five guys on the mound tonight. Edwards will get the start go two innings. Isaiah Morris will come in for one. DJ Triggs will play two. Paulson will play one, and Zittle will end the contest with the final inning. Uh, talked to Coach Byler earlier. That's just kind of to get everybody to tune up. They're not expecting to play tomorrow due to the rain. So kind of get everybody in there because they haven't all pitched in a long time. Yeah, so that would mean tomorrow, I guess, Boober would start because you didn't name him, did you? No. But yeah. they could, again, pitch Morris. Yeah, I mean, they, they could, could do the same anybody. combination depending on the number of pitches. Right. So, you know, that's an interesting strategy, I think, for the dogs. I understand it. You want to keep your arms fresh. Yeah. But in terms of – Well, Jake Zittle hasn't pitched in over a week, I think. Yeah. I feel like. It's been a little while. but And you want to keep your arms fresh. But in terms of you're showing also Musselman all your guys. I mean, they probably have watched them at points throughout the season, whether it be watching games on – tv or whatever or film i don't know if they even exchange film in high school baseball but um you know they know the pitchers on martinsburg already but it does show most of your your team to musclemen who yeah. could potentially be your matchup for the sectional championship or at least based on the rankings will be i mean we'll see what happens between musclemen and hedgesville but uh that, that that could be a little bit interesting and you've shown caleb edwards to them already this year and obviously musselman handled him pretty well but next time around it might be different we'll see uh but both teams have seen each other's aces so 
Musselman not choosing to pitch Myers. I think he pitched last night or last game they played. So that makes sense uh, from a rest perspective, but also from the perspective that they know that they're going to need uh, either Myers or Stevens for that championship if they do get there. So um, it, it's definitely still an intriguing game. To yeah, see. Myers pitched 105 pitches on yeah. Tuesday, so he's obviously not able to go, I don't think. Or maybe he would just be able to go tonight. I can't remember the numbers wise, pitching wise. I think you need five days. If yeah, you the four days. I think it's four days. Okay. I think it's the fourth day. So four days in between. It's obviously not the four days. It's only been two days, three days, whatever you, you want to call it. Uh, but yeah, so <laughs> having Cohen Rutherford on the mound is definitely different than what the Bulldogs saw last Friday. Yeah, and I think Martinsburg's perspective is still too that they want to kind of try to avenge that loss. Uh, if they were to go out there and, and suffer a big loss to Musselman again tonight, then that would really hurt your confidence heading into sectional play. So they want to avenge that loss, at least play much better than they did last time. Uh, and Musselman's just kind of trying to give their guys some innings and see how it works out. And obviously that would give them a ton of confidence to get another win over Martinsburg tonight. So there is still a lot on the line, even though it doesn't mean anything for the section. Um I think from a confidence and, and just a playing perspective, this game means a lot uh, for these teams to try to get this win. So should be a fun game. Should be a, a good matchup between these two. Definitely. And, um, you know, I want to talk about something that we've kind of talked about the last few days. Obviously, I had Trip on two days ago, who's our baseball color analyst here throughout the EPAC season. Uh, when we were talking about the sectional rankings voting for the region and section, um, I was talking to uh, Nick, our, our old buddy from uh, WMUL days, Luke Creasy, who works for the Herald Dispatch there uh, in Huntington, Charleston area. And I'd asked him a question because I'd gone and seen um, what the Mountain State Athletic Conference does for baseball. They have what's called the Mountain State Athletic Conference baseball tournament this week. And I texted him yesterday, and I said, so the MSAC does its own tournament before sectionals? And he said, yes, in every sport but football, not a tournament per se, more like placement games. And I said, very interesting, so they don't use the voting. He goes, it's like the top four teams that get to play for the title, five and below, it's placement games, no voting, that's correct. So, obviously, we've heard from a few coaches – obviously that uh they don't like the voting whether it's in basketball or it's in baseball so maybe that could be an option for them i mean obviously i'm assuming they've explored it because they see what else is going on around the state but if uh if it's not working out for the coaching votes wise then why don't you try something else i don't know what the you know i saw that yesterday and i was like well do they not do a voting if they're having a tournament i mean i see you're going to see your teams prior or most likely you're going to see them again but the last week of the regular season is reserved for their baseball tournament that places the teams for the two sections to me that's just kind of repetitive because you're having one tournament to place teams for the section and then you're gonna play the sectional tournament does that eliminate some of the teams because i know they have a pretty big conference so if that eliminates some of the teams from sectional that would make a lot more sense but i don't think they can do that based on the wvsac ssac rules so while i get that's maybe better than a vote it still only comes down to then how you did in this tournament so it's like it's so repetitive to me that, that doesn't really 
seem to. But I mean, solve I think anything. that's better than having conference games that you're playing, regional games that don't count for anything. I mean, like obviously they still don't count though because then you're playing the tournament to decide. So the tournament is essentially the whole season because it decides where you rank in the section. So the regular yeah, season but you games have you to played get placed that, in the matter. tournament based upon your record. Yeah, so it's just the same thing, and then you're just doing it twice. But it's not like you're not getting. Oh well, I'm not going to vote for this team because they did this against me, or you know. I mean that's fair, but that's why they should just get rid of the vote and just have. I think the it's standings determine the seating. Yes, but I think that could be a different way of doing it up here if they were to want to do that. I don't know. I haven't talked to any coaches if they've ever tried that or they've thought about that, talked about that in their talks. Uh, but I just thought that was interesting, and I didn't realize that that's how they did it, and uh, they didn't have, um, they didn't have voting from the coaches. And I know the voting is the most controversial thing in this area. It feels like, yeah, especially in basketball, and because I mean we baseball. we've heard it. One, we heard it on air from a coach, and yeah. in basketball season, and you know we've heard it from other coaches, just in general, just in general just talking. So. Um, I just thought that might be an interesting way for them to do it. Not, I'm not sure if they've explored it, but that'd be interesting to see if they've ever explored something like that. Um, just because obviously, like they're playing these games this week, and they don't matter per se to what you do, which is why you're seeing uh, maybe some different pitchers playing different games because they don't matter. Yeah, I think ideally the games probably would have been played before this point it's just the reschedules led to some regional and sectional games being played now so while it's not what you want i just think a a tournament before a tournament just to determine standings is kind of repetitive and and doesn't make much sense to me yeah i I see that perspective as well before we hit the break though let's talk about uh, a former epac baseball player that played at hedgesville he was on uh, display there at, in uh, at the WVU game as WVU took on an in-state team, not named Marshall, but a Division II team, and that Division II team being the University of Charleston, which has two former EPAC baseball players on their team. Uh, one, unfortunately, I guess, was not in the lineup last night, uh, but he's done pretty well when he's gotten his opportunities, that being Jack Risenweber. I believe he's hit a home run on the season and is hitting 375 in his time that he's been able to get to the plate. Uh, but um, last night, WVU gets the win 3-2, to two, and I was telling you about that, and you're like, WVU beat a D2 team 3-2? to two? Uh, but Charleston is legit, Nick. They had 11 hits last night. Yeah, I wasn't aware of uh, the Charleston baseball success. But so. Hedgesville alum Kyle West playing first base for Charleston went three for four with a double and a triple, and the only other time he was at the plate. So he, he was a homer away from the cycle, which is yeah. pretty cool against a Division One team that you've obviously grown up watching in your state. Yeah, no, that's definitely a cool achievement. And just in general, I mean, being a part of a – pretty good division two program there uh in charleston it looked like they had a lot of in-state guys and obviously a few epac guys as well so you know that's good to see uh that they were able to compete with a team like wvu who i'm not certain how their season's going on the diamond this year but obviously a division one team i've seen them play over they're the 27 years. and 16 so they're a pretty good program there yeah and uh you know when they've played marshall in the past they've usually had some good teams so um you know that that's good for, I think EPAC and just showing the talent around the state, 
because I think it's good for Division Two baseball yeah. in general. I mean, that your Division Two team can go and play against your Division One team in your state. Yeah, obviously the Division Two, but it doesn't really count for it. Schools tend to recruit more in in state, so I think that's a good show for West Virginia high school baseball just in general and what they're able to produce. West Virginia gets the walk off last night, three to two. Uh, they have got a tough weekend series this weekend against number eighteen Texas uh, in at the uh, the ballpark there. At Wagoner Field in Morgantown, and then they'll have the uh, home game for the backyard brawl next Tuesday against Pitt there, 6:30 p.m. Uh, so they've got a lot of big contests coming up as they can get close and get close to wrap up the season. They'll have this series against Texas Pitt on Tuesday, and then next weekend they'll play a weekend series at Oklahoma, and then Thursday, Friday, Saturday, March 9th or May 19th, 20th, and 21st. They'll have their final series of the regular season against Kansas State at home, uh, but WVU baseball gets a win against in-state Division II team Charleston last night, three to two, and uh, Hedgesville alum Kyle West goes three for four with a double and a triple and a single as well. So, uh, Homer shy of the cycle there, but that'll do it for this first segment of the Sports Mix, brought to you in part by who are we brought to you in part by Parsons Ford. Parsons Ford. Ken Parsons Ford in Martinsburg. We became number one by making you number one first. Go to ParsonsFord.com for more. On the other side of this break, we will talk some NBA playoffs. An NBA uh, player not in the playoffs now uh, is undergoing surgery. So we'll talk about that when we come back. After this two-minute break, you tune in the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRNR and TV 10. Four new car dealerships and four used car dealerships in three states. Parsons is the largest used car and fastest growing new car dealer in the tri-state area. Take Parsons Ford with huge savings on hundreds of new Fords. Financing from 0%. Parsons' goal of financing for all. And Parsons' famous above-market trade-in allowances that help make Parsons number one for used cars, too. See why so many won't buy anywhere but Parsons Ford in Martinsburg. We became number one by making you number one first. Parsons. Let's go! Drink some beers! Mountaineer Grill and Pub! Conveniently located right off 81 at 214 Mid-Atlantic Parkway, Mountaineer Grill and Pub offers many daily specials, including happy hour 11 a.m. to 6 p.m. with $2 domestic bottles and $2.50 domestic drafts. Monday night is trivia night, Thursday night is wing night, and Wednesday and Sunday night is steak night. Let's go! Drink some beers! Mountaineer Grill and Pub! Hi, it's Talk Radio WRNR and TV 10 Spencer Dupuy. When I got into a car accident and needed to get another vehicle, I wanted to go somewhere I could trust. So I went to the Heffley Motor Company at 993 Hedgesville Road. As a first-time car buyer, I really didn't know what to expect. But at Heffley, they treated me like family. Every step in the process was seamless. Not only did they give me a great deal, but they also helped me secure an amazing interest rate. Now I know firsthand why Heffley has such a great reputation in this community. I ride with Heffley Motor Company, so you should too. Not sure where to go or who to trust with your flooring project? And start with Triff's Flooring, proudly serving the area for more than 25 years. Specializing in floor sanding and refinishing, along with installation of new flooring, including hardwood, tile, vinyl, laminate, carpet, and the hottest trend in flooring luxury vinyl, tile, and luxury vinyl plank. Are you on a budget? Check out their warehouse, cash and carry, or call 304-229-7009, or visit them online at trippsfloorsanding.com. 
You're tuned in to the Sports Mix with Spencer and Nick on Talk Radio WRNR 106.5 FM, AM 740, and TV 10. Welcome back to the Cinco de Mayo, May 5th, 2022 edition of the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRNR and TV 10. Spencer Dupuy and Nick Ferzellini hanging out with you today here. Colin McLaughlin is... Uh, out shooting cooking with Kresha. A new episode will be coming soon. Well, a few new episodes will be coming out soon. Uh, but now we're turning our attention to the NBA, the NBA playoffs ongoing, as we were talking about yesterday. Uh, they get a little break until, or yeah, they don't have any games tonight. They'll play tomorrow, obviously. But games last night, uh, Heat get the 119 103 victory over the 76ers. They now lead the series 2 0. And, uh, leading the way for uh, the Heat was Jimmy Butler with 22 points, but uh, Maxie stepping up there for Philadelphia, 34 points for him. Nick, obviously, uh, we had a night off last night of calling baseball, so maybe you got a chance to tune into uh, some basketball. Yeah, uh, James Harden uh, continues to kind of be playing poor basketball in this series. He only scored 20 last night uh, for the Sixers. And didn't shoot the ball real well. Maxie, though, did step up. It just wasn't enough. And we talked about Miami's firepower. Not only Jimmy Butler, but Bam Adebayo down low. Uh, obviously, you know, without Embiid, they really don't have a matchup for him. So he's going to put it in his work. Uh, their bench play with Oladipo and Hero coming off that bench. Uh, I believe both of them were close to 20 points, around 18 points each. Um, so when you have that much firepower on a team and a Philly team that isn't used to playing without Joel Embiid uh, who is the entire center of their offense literally not only yes. the center in terms of <laughs> position but the offense runs through Embiid uh, they need James Harden to be you know a 30 point guy and he's just not playing that way Maxi gave a great effort Tobias Harris had a good effort as well it just wasn't enough to get it done and and philly doesn't have much on the bench danny green it's not all on harden like obviously he puts in 20 points that's solid uh but like danny green goes one for 10 shooting that's not going to help you uh you need your role players to contribute especially if you're superstar out and philly doesn't have that so it it looks like the series is, is probably going to be over relatively quickly uh but Embiid could still come back there's a chance for that so if he were to come back healthy uh the 76ers could definitely make things interesting um but without him right now it like we've said all week it just isn't a favorable matchup for the sixers it is not and uh we'll move to the other game last night game two of the west semis the suns get the 129 109 victory over the mavericks luka Doncic just continues to ball out for his team but He's the only guy balling out for his team. 35 points for him last night. Unfortunately, not enough there as Chris Paul led the way for uh, the Suns with 28.6 rebounds and eight assists. Uh, he, just nobody else to really help Luka there with the yeah. firepower that the Suns bring. Yeah, CP3 had 14 in that fourth quarter, so that was big yeah. down the stretch. And uh, Luka played great, but you look at Dallas, and Jason Kidd said it himself. You know, we need other people to step up if we're going to win games and in this series and, and they're not getting that and it, it dates back really to the trade they made with the washington wizards yeah they traded kristaps porzingis the only guy on their team besides Doncic, that can get you 20 plus 
and they get Spencer Dinwiddie and Davis Bertans, two bench players. It, it didn't make sense to me at the time. I know Porzingis has had his injury issues, but when he's healthy, he's a difference maker for the, that Dallas team. They were a decent one-two punch. Again, I don't even if they have Porzingis, I don't think they win this series, but maybe they get a game or two with a little bit more help for Luka. Dinwiddie hasn't been good this year. Bertans hasn't been good for the last two years. So I didn't see why they thought that was a logical trade besides maybe losing some salary cap long term. Uh, but for this season, it, it wasn't going to help the Mavs. And there's just not much of a chance for Dallas to pick up a game. I think they've been a little bit competitive through, through the first three quarters, but that fourth quarter last night, uh, CP3 just went off and there was nothing they could do to stop him. So uh, we haven't seen Jalen Brunson score like he did in the first series. It, it just hasn't been a whole lot of success for the Mavs. And, and right it hasn't. now it's just all Luka. And, and Coach it's Jason, not going to change. Coach Jason Kidd, both games, he has said, Luka Doncic needs help. He can't do it all for your team. And uh, another solid performance by Doncic. Wasted. Uh, you just mentioned Jalen Brunson, Spencer Dinwiddie. They have combined for 41 points in the two games on 32.6 shooting. Uh, and that's just not going to get it done. Yeah, and I don't see help coming for Luka at no. this point in the series unless Davis Bertans has a uh, regeneration of – talent that has lost him since the wizards paid him i'm just very happy he's not in washington anymore. yeah i'm a casual wizards fan and i would agree with you on that these two or these two matchups will take center stage tomorrow night 7 p.m espn heat 76ers game three bat it's the series will shift to philadelphia uh miami only favored by one uh through the caesar sportsbooks odds in this one maybe and, they're expecting an Embiid return and uh, I was just about to say, still uncertain for his return, uh, but they'll have to wait and see is uh, what they said last, what Coach Doc Rivers said last night. It is weird that tomorrow is tonight's game, or yesterday's game. Yeah, like I thought they weren't going to play again until Saturday. That means, these, that, that the means Celtics these, and the that Bucks means the and teams, the other games. That means the teams that played on Tuesday don't play again until Saturday. Yeah, what is up with that? I didn't, I didn't get that. I, I got a little bit of time to travel in between days uh because of the series changing but i don't understand why the east or or the earlier games in the week are now not playing until saturday i thought they would be playing tomorrow but there's no games tonight which is kind of weird it is kind of weird uh but the other game tomorrow night suns mavericks uh that line right now is set at even which is pretty interesting it's still very early so it is obviously we'll talk about that on the show tomorrow uh, but we'll talk about uh, one player in particular. His team got eliminated last round, uh, but he didn't. He didn't play at all, did he? He hasn't played. This he hasn't season. played this season because he got traded from the 76ers to the Nets. That being Ben Simmons, he had surgery today. Uh, he'll require three to four months of rehab, but is expected to be fully recovered to return to the court well ahead of preseason training camp in September. Um, it was a I don't even know the name of micro... I, I'm not even going to attempt to say it. He had a herniated disc in his lower back. Yeah. Um, does he play next season? Does he want to play for the Nets? I can't remember what. Yeah, he wants to play for the Nets. Okay. Um, so, I mean, he'll, he'll probably be out there next season. This doesn't sound like a severe surgery, uh, just kind of a precautionary thing with his lower back issues that he's been having. So, um, yeah, just... Hope Ben Simmons can get back on the court because he is 
I, uh, I still think he's a good player. I don't think he's a great player, but I think he can contribute to a team as a passer, rebounder, defensive player, and occasionally score underneath the basket. He's not a three-point shooter. He's not a great free-throw shooter. Uh, and, and those things have hurt him, hurt his team, and his confidence. And uh, now having an injury to deal with obviously could be concerning, but it doesn't sound too significant. So um, hopefully that doesn't hold Ben Simmons back anymore. I know people kind of have been against Ben Simmons because of his like problems off the court, but yeah. you can't really blame the guy for that. I mean, literally the entire 76ers team blamed him for the series loss last year. Uh, so when you're – best player Joel Embiid is calling you out your coach is calling you out it's gonna be tough to want to return and play for them exactly but that'll do it for this segment of the sports mix brought to you in part by Orsini's home store not just an appliance store any longer cabinets and designer bedding outdoor living is family owned and operated right here in Martinsburg at 360 Hack Wilson Way, go to Orsini's.com for more. On the other side of this break, we'll turn our attention to the NHL playoff Capitals back in action tonight. One player specifically, uh, he is in doubt to play tonight. One of the top players on the Capitals. We'll talk about that and talk about the rest of the NHL playoffs next. After this two-minute break, you're tuned in the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRNR and TV 10. Hi, my name's Corey, and I'm here at Orsini's in beautiful Martinsburg, West Virginia. We no longer specialize in only appliances. We have kitchen design, countertops, cabinets, flooring, and even a new 1,200-square-foot sleep studio with brands such as Stearns & Foster, Sealy, and Tempur-Pedic. 304-267-7251. 360 Heck Wilson Way in Martinsburg. We price match the big box stores, and we give back to our local community. Orsini's.com. For every parent with a child entering pre-K through seventh grade, we invite you to consider Airborne Christian Academy. Enrolling your student in a Christian school, it's never been more affordable. With a WV Hope Scholarship offering $4,300 per year per student. And if you've been hoping for alternative ways for your child to flourish academically while remaining true to your faith, we want to partner with you. Check out all the details at airborne.church forward slash school. Safety doesn't come from owning a gun. It's knowing how to safely use it. Valley Guns 2 off I-81 Exit 5 Inwood helps you build your safety skills with our Defensive Handgun 2 course taught by NRA certified instructors. You must have already completed the basic handgun course as a prerequisite for this course. Valley Guns 2 will conduct this course on May 14th. All defensive courses will be held at the training center in Bloomery, West Virginia. To register and find out more, visit valleyguns2.com. Ever try to collect on an insurance claim? Perhaps a homeowner's claim, auto accident, or fire. Insurance companies collect money from you for protection should something bad happen. And when it does, they don't want to pay or they offer too little. At Mansion Ferretti, we have an attorney who worked defending insurance companies and knows all the dirty tricks they play to deny or lowball your claim. Call us today for help in getting what you really deserve. Mansion Ferretti, when you need justice. Now, back to the sports mix with Spencer and Nick on Talk Radio WRNR 106.5 FM, AM 740, and TV 10. Welcome back into this edition of the Sports Mix here on Talk Radio WRNR and TV 10. Spencer Brunick, Rosalini, hanging out with you today. Uh, we'll talk some NHL playoffs last night, second games 
Chiefs getting going or second set of games for, or excuse me, first set of games for game twos in the first round. Can't speak today. Uh, Hurricanes and Bruins doing battle last night, and Hurricanes going up in the series three, or excuse me, two nothing after a five to two victory. They scored two goals in first and second periods and one in the third after the Bruins attempted to come back there, uh, but only scoring two in the final two periods total. Um, and then the next game, Lightning and Maple Leaves. That now it's tied at one after the Lightning get a 5-3 victory. Uh, they get two each in the second and third periods, while the Maple Leaves could only muster two in the final period. Could not get it there to force overtime. Uh, Blues and Wild. That series now tied at one after the Wild uh Went on a wild rampage, scoring goals. Scored three in the first, one in the second, two in the third, and the Blues could only muster up two goals. And then the Oilers shut out the Kings last night, six nothing. Put three spots up in the second and third periods. That series is now tied at one apiece. So some pretty good playoff hockey coming uh, for those set, those final three games. But the Hurricanes just really outdoing the Bruins so far. Nick, you're not a big hockey guy, but you probably casually look at hockey. Uh, the Bruins obviously coming in there as the the first East um, wild card team, and the Hurricanes are one of the top teams in the conference. Yeah, and when you have that kind of matchup, it's not too surprising that Carolina has now uh, taken a 2-0 series lead. Uh, Boston is a talented team, but uh, just coming up short. It seems like in these first few games, I think both games though weren't very close, were they? I think the first one was like five to two as well, or something like that. I believe it was five to one. Yeah. yeah so, so they've given up. Carolina's really up five goals in each game. Them. Yeah, they have, and they've only the Bruins only able to muster up three, but uh, that's just a good goaltending Carolina has. Uh, but obviously, the two zero lead sets the stage for game three there because that would be a it's a pivotal game three there as you head back, uh, head to Boston. So they're shipping up from uh, Carolina to Boston. Uh, that game will be tomorrow night, I believe. Uh, but tonight's games, Capitals back in action tonight, 7.30 on TBS. Uh, that series, obviously the Caps lead one nothing. Uh, the guy that scored the goal for the Capitals, the first goal last night, or excuse me, the other two games, or excuse me, can't can't speak today. The scored the first goal in game one is Tom Wilson. He misses morning skate this morning uh, before game two. He is a game time decision with a lower body injury. Um, it, that's a lot. That's a big guy to lose. I mean, you lost him for the remainder of the game, but you're able to get a goal from him. And you know he's he's one of those. Enforcer guys that you really need late in, in uh, hockey games. That's what I was going to say. He's an enforcer, and he's also a, a solid uh, contributor offensively. I mean, he can put in goals every once in a while. So, uh, you know, not having Wilson on your team, he's a good energy guy, a good leader on this Caps team, and he's one of those guys with a lot of experience uh, that does kind of give them a little bit of an edge in this series is their experience. So it doesn't sound like he's going to play if you miss the morning uh, skate yeah it's kind of like missing shoot around so uh not super likely i would think tonight hopefully they can get him back later in the series but again they've already stole that game on the road so you steal that first game on the road uh that gives you a chance to at least make it a long series and uh in a long series you might give the caps an edge because if you continue to let uh the underdog stick around 
uh, and the Capitals are definitely an underdog in this series, uh, they might find a way to pull it out. And, you know, they have the experience to do so. So it, it sets up an interesting game tonight. If I was betting on the game, I'd probably lean towards Florida if Wilson's not going to play, but it could really go either way. I don't think it's a make-or-break injury. It's not Ovechkin, but it is a big injury if he's not in the lineup. It definitely is. And another guy that was hurt and caused some concern there at the end of game one was John Carlson with a hit up high. He came out in the final moments of the game. But good news, he is not hurt, and he skated yesterday and he skated this morning, so he is in the lineup as the one of the first set of defensemen there along with Martin Farivari. So good news, your top defenseman is not hurt. So that definitely helps. And I believe they're going to go with Vanacek in net tonight again, which I think is a good call. Uh, he's had the better season of the two goaltenders the Caps have. Yeah, and unless there was some sort of injury, I mean, that would make yeah. sense. And uh, Samsonov just hasn't had that great of a year, and it was a good performance from uh, – Vanacek last game. Definitely and a great performance defensively for the Caps. They've also recalled forward Brett Leeson from the Hershey Bears if Tom Wilson is indeed not able to guys go. in the playoffs? Yeah. That's interesting. For an injury. Okay. In baseball, you can't do that, right? Unless you have injuries. Yeah. You but you'd have to put him on the roster. You'd have to put him on the D or the end of the IL or whatever. Yeah. Uh, but no, I think you can call up if you send somebody. I think you have one extra spot if somebody's hurt, but they're going to miss a game just to that makes sense. spot fill a guy. Sorry, hit the mic there. <laughs> Getting aggressive, <laughs> like Tom Wilson. <laughs> uh, but he played in 36 games this season for the Caps and has been in Hershey since he was reassigned on March 21st. He has six points in the NHL over 13 and 36 games for the Bears. Uh, so he could be a solid guy there on the fourth line uh if he indeed needs to go tonight which it's looking that way and he was in the morning skate as the fourth line guy along with larson and dowd uh which so the lines are set like this ovechkin kuznetsov sherry johansson backstrom oshi mantha eller hathaway and then larson dowd leeson uh for the defensive side for Vari carlson i mentioned orlov jensen travis or excuse me trevor ram ram fan reamsdyke and schultz in there at the other the final defensive pairings uh but let's look at the other games tonight as the caps again 730 tbs uh caps lead one nothing second game of the series down there in florida philly or excuse me philly florida is favored in this contest we'll join that game for you after the conclusion of our baseball game that we have up here but uh, things get going at seven tonight tnt uh, with the Penguins and the Rangers. The Penguins got that big triple overtime victory uh, in game one, and the Rangers are favored in this one. Again, these two games, first game and the second game, are at Madison Square Garden. Uh, so if the Pens can do what the Caps did, or you know they can steal another game, that'd be huge for them going back to, to Pittsburgh. Yeah, and obviously Pittsburgh has the momentum from that triple overtime win. And, uh, you know, Pittsburgh has a, a good team, and they're kind of similar to the Capitals in, in the sense that they have the experience to win big games. And I know New York has a lot of uh, veteran guys that have been in the playoffs before. So, you know, it's a good series. It's probably the most uh, interesting series, I think, on paper uh, so far in the NHL playoffs. And obviously game one lived up to a lot of hype with a triple overtime game. So I don't, I don't think that happens again tonight, but it should be another good game there. And I might tune in for a little bit. Nick going to tune into <laughs> hockey? Depending on what I got to do. I you can't. Know. We're going to be broadcasting yeah, a game. True. I will not be tuning in then. 
All right, then the game starting at 9.30, TNT, Predators, and Unless Avalanche. it goes to triple overtime. Yeah, then you could yeah. tune in at the end of the game for yeah. it. Uh, there you could. Yeah. Uh, Preds and Avalanche. The Avalanche lead the series 7 to – or excuse me – one to nothing after a seven to two victory on Tuesday. Uh, I think the Avalanche really just overpower the Preds in this one again. Uh, is Colorado favored in this one, Nick? You have any thoughts? I don't know much about those teams. You know, West Coast ish. Well, Nashville's not West Coast, but Western Conference teams. Yeah, uh, Avalanche Either's just Colorado. Avalanche have just been a lot better. Uh, they have eleven more wins than the Predators. Uh, then the final game, ten p.m. TBS, Stars and Flames. Uh, Flames got the one nothing shutout of the Stars the other night, so uh, they lead that series one nothing, and they're favored again in this one, and it should be a good one uh, again tonight. I suppose you suppose it's, it's the playoffs. I hope it's a good game. I mean, it is the playoffs. You are right about that, Nick. All right, that'll do it for this segment of the Sports Mix. Brought to you in part by Hagerstown Ford, revolutionizing the car buying experience. Buy your next vehicle online. They'll deliver it to you. If you don't like it, they'll take it back. Go to HagerstownFord.com. On the other side of this break, we'll wrap things up on today's edition of the Sports Mix. Talk a little Nationals, a little NFL, a little uh, Commanders. The NFL announces the game that they announced before. There's going to be a game in Munich, Germany. They announced the teams playing in that game and the date of it. We'll talk about that. We wrap things up next on today's edition of the Sports Mix. Hagerstown Ford continues to be your leader in car sales up and down the I-81 corridor. We will beat any and all competitors' prices. and We've made buying a new car easier than ever with one-day delivery better than Amazon and a return policy better than Walmart. Your satisfaction is our guarantee. If you don't like it, simply return it and we'll come pick it up. No questions asked. Why would you shop anywhere else? At Hagerstown Ford, we take great pride in our community and supporting our local student-athletes. That's why Hagerstown Ford is the official car dealership of Shepard Rams quarterback Tyson Bajant. Our remote buying process has made new car shopping so easy, you'll never even set foot in a dealership. Simply go to HagerstownFord.com and click on the car you want to buy it, or use the Axle Auto app. It's that easy. You can order your new car on any device. Go to HagerstownFord.com and get your new car signed sealed and delivered from Hagerstown Ford. Do you need a place to go for a quick tobacco, soda, snacks, cigarettes, or beer run? Well, then you're in luck, because Enter and Exit has convenience without the cost. Enter and Exit, right off Route 11, is located at 31 Meadow Lane in Martinsburg and soon to be opening in Chambersburg, PA. Enter and Exit is open Monday through Saturday from 8 a.m. to 11 p.m. and Sundays from 9.30 a.m. to 8 p.m. For great convenience without the cost, stop on into Enter and Exit today. Do you love martial arts? Are you a little more Miyagi-Do than Cobra Kai? Dragon Warrior Kung Fu offers a well-rounded program designed to promote and encourage learning and growth in a family-friendly environment. Because Kung Fu is not just flashy fighting skills, it's a lifelong journey of self-discovery. Dragon Warrior Kung Fu, call us at 304-350-0646 and learn more today. You're tuned into the Sports Mix with Spencer and Nick on Talk Radio WRNR 106.5 FM, AM 740, and TV 10. 
Welcome back to this final segment of the Sports Mix here for your Cinco de Mayo, May 5th, 2022. Spencer Buenick, Verzellini hanging out with you. Segment sponsored in part by the Marius Group and Ameriprise Financial Advisors, John Everson and Philly McCoy. You can call Ameriprise Financial Services at 304-263-4343. You can stop by their offices right here in Martinsburg at 1270 Winchester Avenue. So we wrap up today's edition of the Sports Mix here. Uh, talk some NFL. We'll get uh, breaking news coming out earlier today about a contest. Uh, now I don't see it anywhere. Oh, there it is. All right. The first Germany game that they announced was, I think they announced a month or so ago, right, Nick, that they were exploring. They were potentially locking down having a game there along with the usual London games. Yeah, I remember toward or back when the Super Bowl yeah. was around. So it, two months ago. There was, there was talk of uh, Germany, or no, it was Tottenham had put in a bid for the Super Bowl. But oh, obviously, yeah, yeah, yeah. the Germany game was probably around that time as well. All right, so the that. Buccaneers will play the Seahawks in the NFL's first regular season game in Germany. The league announced Wednesday the teams will play at 9.30 a.m. on November 13th at Alizon's Arena, home of the FC Bayern Munich. Bayern Munich. Bayern Munich, excuse me. I knew I said that wrong immediately after it came out of my mouth. The NFL also announced three 9.30 a.m. games that will be played in London next year. The Saints, Vikings, October 2nd. Packers, Giants, October 9th. That's at uh, the Hotspur Stadium. Uh, those two, I guess. And then uh, the Jaguars will play the Broncos on October 30th at Wembley Stadium. In addition, the league said the Arizona Cardinals will play the 49ers on November 21st in a Monday night football game in Mexico City. It's the fourth NFL game played at that stadium. Um, the Chiefs were scheduled to play the Rams in Mexico City in 2019, but the game was moved because of four poor field conditions. Yeah, I remember that. Uh, so that was the one year they haven't played it. Obviously, well, two years, I guess, they didn't play during 2020. Uh, but the interesting storyline here, the Seahawks have a German-born player and linebacker Aaron Donker who was uh, allocated to Seattle last year as part of the NFL's international player path pathway program. Uh, so if he plays, if he's on the team still, that'd be a cool little storyline. Yeah, it would. And I think overall what the NFL's trying to do is popularize the game of football on a more international stage and not the game of soccer or football whatever you want to refer to that as but the american football and uh you know that is a cool idea i think from an nfl fan and an american fan uh perspective it's not ideal if your team is playing at 9 30 a.m on a sunday but um from that point of view the ravens haven't done that since they got absolutely destroyed by the jaguars i don't really care about 9 30 a.m football it is kind of cool sometimes too to wake up on the sunday and you can skip all the pregame and you already got football on but usually the games are terrible yeah uh, so that's another negative of well it. it's because the jaguars signed a contract to play over there for yeah, the next I mean, year so the jaguars are not a good team and they play there every year yeah but also it's i mean it's a long flight and, and jet lag and all that stuff well, i think they in. have them go out like five days in advance yeah. or something like true that. but I still feel like it plays a factor uh, why the games aren't usually very good. So that's an issue. But I like the idea of, of trying to internationalize American football, make it more popular, uh, because it is a, a great sport, and obviously we enjoy it for a reason. So if other countries can enjoy it a little bit too, I think that's cool. But uh, not a big fan of like 
the games that happen over there, obviously. And it, it's always like, oh, if this game was played in America, we would win. I don't know if that's necessarily true, but it does definitely play a little bit of a factor. It definitely does. Uh, we got a little bit of time here. Uh, did you see all the stuff that came out about Ryan Tannehill? I saw he was having yeah some mental health issues. And then he comes out and says it's not his job to mentor rookie quarterback Malik Willis. Um, that's just a quarterback problem about to rear its head. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. I, I feel like that's what most quarterbacks are saying. You obviously don't want to. Well, I feel like the same thing happened with uh, Brett Favre and Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, and Ryan Tannehill is no Brett Favre, but uh, he's gonna, you know, be welcoming to Malik Willis. But he's not gonna say, "Hey, this is how you have to do things." Ben Roethlisberger was the same way. Uh, whenever the Steelers were draft, like Mason Rudolph or uh, the other quarterbacks that have came through there, so um, you know, I'm not surprised that Tannehill said that. Uh, and I kind of agree with him. It's not really his job yeah. to make his replacement better uh, because that's why they drafted Malik Willis. It's because Tannehill has shown inconsistencies, especially in the playoffs, of turning the football over. And, and they think Willis's ceiling is much higher, which I would tend to agree with, at least at this point, without seeing Malik Willis play in an NFL game, that uh, the potential is there for him to be a star quarterback. He also could be a career backup. So we'll see how that works out. But. Uh, the unfortunate news about Tannehill's mental health issues is definitely uh, concerning. Um, but in terms of his quarterback play and, and what he said about Willis, I mean, that'd be like if somebody brought in Colin McLaughlin and they said, Spencer, can you mentor Colin to take your job? <laughs> I mean, you wouldn't be welcoming of that either. Yeah. I don't think anybody would. So, uh, you know, that's kind of the, the perspective there. It definitely, that's a good perspective you bring in there, Nick. Uh, let's turn our attention to the MLB. We'll talk Nationals here momentarily. But did you uh, did you see what happened with Madison Bumgarner yesterday? I saw he got ejected, but I didn't really see why. So, obviously, we've talked about this. It's now, you know, part of a routine thing now. After last season, the umpires are checking pitchers uh, for illegal substances. You know, they do that now regularly throughout the games. Uh, they got into, like, a stare down. He didn't even when the umpire, uh, first base umpire Dan Bellino was checking his hand and stuff. He was staring at him, like just a dead stare. And then they, and then uh, Bumgarner said, "What do you want? Like, what are you looking at me for? Are you try." And then he ejected him. Yeah, that reminds me a little bit of wasn't it Scherzer who had the thing with Girardi last yeah. year where they brought him out like four times to yeah. check him, and he's like, "There's nothing on me." Yeah, and, and that obviously got a little bit ridiculous. Uh, yeah, I didn't see the the video of the Bumgarner one, but it's, it's kind of pretty funny. funny. I believe John Boy, if you know John Boy, he is yeah. he he does a thing on that. Uh, but that's pretty interesting. That's in action today. Three ten p.m. broadcast will be at two forty. We'll have that for you. Uh, Nationals throwing out Aaron Sanchez, the guy that we kind of talked about yesterday, against Antonio Senzalita. Senza. I looked at how I looked at it, and I when I saw it, I knew how to say it, but I, I don't know how to say it right now. <laughs> well, the Nats lost last night five to two, but they're trying to win this rubber match. Colorado favored according to the sports books in this one, but the Nats obviously heading in a better direction uh, than they were this time last week. So even if they lose, it's still a good direction if unless as long as they don't give up a lot of runs. But Aaron Sanchez one and one six point seven five ERA. We'll have that for you two forty. 310 first pitch and then uh we'll take you out of that at 640 if it's still going on and then we'll get you into some epac baseball between martinsburg and musselman with a 7 p.m first pitch for that and then after we're done with that we'll join you in progress the capitals playoff game against 
the Florida Panthers. But that'll do it for this edition of the Sports Mix. For Nick Verzellini, I'm Spencer Bouise saying so long. We'll talk to you tonight at 640 or tomorrow at 1208 on the Sports Mix saying so long. 